Steve? No, I'm sorry. I was talking to my guy. Go ahead, Ryan. He's got people there. Burn, did you try to climb one of those Crisco'd up greased poles? <laughs> I was at the top when they called my name. I said, I'm burning from Boomer. Don't forget it. Because if you do, you ain't allowed in the street no more. I'm burning from Boomer. Right. <laughs> I said, if you forget it, you ain't allowed up my street. I Who is it? What's that? Who is this? Burning from Boomer. You know who I am? Yeah. Oh, you're, you're Bernie from Broomall. Who? You're Bernie? Huh? Are you Bernie? I thought for you get on the phone because I hardly hear you anymore. People call me, when are you going to get on the phone? I said, every time they push my button, I'm on. I said, I'm on it. I don't get enough of it. Are you still here? Yeah, I'm here. What? I'm still here. So I'm good, buddy. Huh? Oh, all right, Bernie. Right, Bernie. Thanks for checking in, man. It was an epic call. Hey, Bernie. Listen, listen. I look. I listen every day. I can't get to sometimes because you're so crowded up. I know. That's a good thing. We gotta get you in. When you wanna get me in? Anytime. Oh, <laughs> anytime. I know, but bring I your microphone. I want. I want to get back in the station. Just oh man. <laughs> I burn. I get back. The people call me. They come out to my door. They don't even believe it's me. They say, "Let me." My daughter wants to hear you. I said, "Say what? Say what?" And then they say, "Oh, that's him." <laughs> Who is this? Burning from Boomer. I'm burning from Boomer. Yes, yeah. I do it all when I'm in Barry's room. You know who I am? Yeah, you're Barry. We got to keep this up for five <laughs> minutes and podcast it. Yeah, I would love it if we could still do it. Yeah, what? we'll get you in. <laughs> yeah, we'll put you out on Coach Camille's couch. Oh, that'd be great. Yes. Are you still here? I'm still here, and I'm still waiting to get in the studio again. So oh, I need buddy. somebody to come pick me up and take me right there, and I'll be right in the studio. We'll get Andrew to come over and get you. Keep okay, no more with that. I love Andrew. Who? All right, man. Keep I talking. up and checking my call. All right, you got it, uh, Bernie. Anytime. All right, there he is. Bernie from Broomall checking in. <laughs> you. That might have been the best ever. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to miss that guy. Oh, me too. God Man. damn, was he funny. He's hilarious. Holy cow. And, you know, and the great thing about that is is, is he will live on through yeah. that stuff. Through that like, people have his drops on their phone. Yeah. You know? Huh? huh? <laughs> One time he's like, huh? <laughs> like, Jesus, God. Oh, my God. He's oh, so man. funny. He was so original, too. Yeah. By the way, for people, welcome to episode uh, 60 of the Oddgees podcast. Jason Bertitas, Harry Mays, Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Broadway in just, just a second. But um, Bernie passed away. Uh, yeah. I think over the last couple of days, Mike put a tweet out. He had heard from, I think, Bernie's kid. Mm -hmm. um, so rest in peace to Bernie. He was one yeah. of a kind, Harry. And he never showed up to the, the station empty-handed. No, he always bring school. food. bring like donuts or pastries. Yeah. Right. My grandmother <laughs> was like that. The Yum Yum Bakery. Yes, that was that's right on uh, Route One, right? Yes, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> that moment there, though, that call to our show mm -hmm. was probably the highlight of my broadcast career because of the, yeah. just the way it went down. And I mean, there was nothing about that was planned. I just started banging drops on the board. Yeah, and he reacted, and we he was just talking flew. to himself. Oh my god! <laughs> I remember we went to break, and you and I were just buckled over. Yeah, remember when he bring the microphone in? Like he'd oh, yeah. literally carry this microphone around with him and go to like the Acme. He'd go mm -hmm. to the Acme with it. Yeah, and he'd be like, I'm Bernie from Broomall. <laughs> yep. Up at the deli counter. What a great a head of hair he had, too. Oh, Remember man. the quaff he oh, had? Oh. He didn't lose a, a no. single follicle. And it was just beautifully white. I love a nice mane of white hair. Like if I, I hope I have that at some point. I think yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And you don't have any hair. But. No, I don't. But he, he was great. And, um, we're going to miss him. He, yeah. he provided a lot of great moments, a lot of laughter for a lot of people. I remember he harassed me for 18 months about these business cards. He wanted mm -hmm. a business card. And I told him I could only get six. Because I remember six. that. Where'd you come up with that number? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Everything like me Every with everything. Every time he called wait. Mike's show, he would always ask about it, too. Yeah. You have my, he'd call up and be like, do you have my business cards yet? He was, like, pissed at me. But yeah, you kind of were. You kind of were a dick about that. Yeah, well, I mean, well yeah. you could have just gone out and bought him a ten business cards. Well, then he brought the business cards to Fan Fest, if you recall, <laughs> and he couldn't give them out because I didn't give him enough. So he was just showing people. 
Oh, man. Um, oh. So rest in peace to Bernie from Brewball. And there he is. Yes. Crossing Broad, Crossing Broadcast. Um, you do like a thousand things. You do cross stop. You're a big union guy. It is mm-hmm. Kevin Kincaid. What's on going on, Kev? What's going on, guys? Rest in peace, Bernie from Broomall, man. Yeah. He, so he would always show up to the station bringing something like you'd have like the Dunkin' Donuts, like the do- donut balls or oh, something. Yeah. Or do- yeah. 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 He'd bring a, yeah. you know, uh, all different kinds of pastries and stuff like that. Like you'd see the the Schwoyadel. <laughs> he'd bring. I don't even think you're allowed. I don't even think you're allowed to do that anymore. You need like permission. We just wanted to bring like, uh, you know, birthday cake into our our uh, four year olds preschool or whatever. But we had to get like pre approval. Really? Be, like store bought? Yeah, because there can't be any nuts in it. Oh, the allergies. There can't be any allergens. Oh, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like the hardest thing. Ever. I think we went to Wise and we and we bought like, Jesus. you know, crappy cookies or something like that. But Bernie was great, man. I loved Bernie. My yeah, favorite yeah. Bernie. My favorite Bernie video is when. Uh, Mike had him on reading uh, Green Eggs and Ham. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think John Marks put him up to that. Yeah, that, that was all Marks. It's on YouTube. If you just search Bernie from Broomall, that's on there. And uh, goddamn Kev, is that freaking funny? Yeah. I know. I felt, I felt, you know, it was it was, it was was weird because I remember last year, uh, Vicente from Ecuador called in, and he mm-hmm. was spreading a rumor that Bernie had passed. And Bernie had to call in and, and confirm that he did not debunk it. Yeah, yeah, debunk, yeah. Vicente from Ecuador was passing fake news. Wow, on the airwaves. So that they had to clear up that snafu. And then my favorite thing was that Bernie pivoted. Tyrone, Tyrone was saying, "All right, you're still alive. Good. We want to make sure you're still alive." And then Bernie goes, "So what's up with the Eagles?" <laughs> I, I would get how a the, lot. How the birds doing? <laughs> I would get like you know DMs from people or tweets from people pretty often that would say, "Hey, have you heard from Bernie? How's he doing?" Yeah, because mm-hmm. they knew he was up there in years. And how uh, old he was he? Health scares. Well, he had to be eighty something. I think he was in his eighties. That's what yeah, I was thinking. So. There was a yeah. great profile. I hadn't seen this story before, but there was a profile written by uh, uh, somebody who did one of the like the local hometown magazines out in Delco, where he was. Where they did a they had his whole background and everything. And uh, apparently, he was in the army. He's a veteran, mm-hmm. and um, I guess they said that he was battling Parkinson's for the last couple of years. Which I don't think yeah. I ever. I don't know if that had ever been made public because mm-hmm. you know you would heard people said like, "Oh, he's sick and he's not doing so well" or whatever. But other, other than the times that he called in and said, "Yeah, I'm good," I don't think anybody knew much much about that. But yeah, it's a really good profile profile there. If people want to check that out. There's the link is on the Crossing Broad story. Yeah, wow. he did. He did have tremors. A pretty good tremors when I last saw him. Yeah. So they did um, like an expose on Bernie from Broomall. Yeah, whole like awesome. profile. Whole back yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I guess he's. I guess he's from South Philly, but he moved out there out out yeah. to Broomall in like uh, the seventies or something. It was good. Yeah, it was worth a read. Yeah, Rest I mean, in Mike, peace. Rip Mike made him a huge Bernie. star. Yeah. yeah. It's a sign of making it in the world. You, know, you start out in South Philly and you end up in Delaware County. You know, <laughs> like you start out in Northeast Philly and you end up in Lower Bucks. You know, you go to like Warminster. You know, yeah, yeah. Or if you're Eddie Alvarez, you're from Kensington, and making it big is being able to move out to the Northeast. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. There, there's various levels to the right to, to, to the game, Harry. You know, it depends on where you start. You That's know? right. Um, the one thing that Bernie always when he would tell you when he'd be on. And he says, and then he says, and then he gives, he says, <laughs> he kept saying yeah. that phrase. <laughs> oh, he was so funny. I know. Now the call, the callers these days, now they just like, you know, Bernie was a real caller. Now you got these guys who call up every single show. Yeah. You know, like three times a day. I mean, we got it. I think that, I think uh, Bernie comes from the halcyon days of the, the callers, uh, you know, being able to, to understand the limitations here. Now you right. got these and less is more. Yeah. yeah, now these guys call up at like 7 a.m. They call up at 1 p.m. And then they call up at 5 p.m. It's like three times. I make the same thing, dumb trade uh, idea. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to mention his name. You guys know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know I'm, you did I'm, a I'm whole piece on him. I'm not going to extend the – because the, these guys like – He's from South the, Jersey, allegedly, right? Yeah, here's, here's yeah. the problem. I do these stories and then like people try to cling on to and like extend their 15 minutes of fame. You know, They try to mm-hmm. leverage that into becoming – Give them what they want. Yeah, I know, I know, but that's that's the the war. That's the that's the battle that we fight every single day. You know how many times I hear that? It's like, well, you're just giving, you know, you're giving this person what they want. Yeah, well, I, yeah, and I often say, well, and it's not like you know, if you're talking about a caller, it's one thing, but if you're talking about like some bozo who does a hot take show to try to get notoriety that way, my answer has always been like, I don't think like anybody benefits from people knowing how much of an idiot they are, mm-hmm. right? Like, are you taking that to the contract negotiation, saying, oh, I got a bunch of like hate? views on youtube i don't know maybe it works maybe it doesn't but 
Yeah, maybe I got maybe I got to be careful now. Get a platforming. Right. He's uh, caller. I don't remember Andy from Deptford being a caller to our show, Harry. Now you you had to mention the name. Why did you do that? Yeah. See, now we've defeated the I mean, sports but, radio. But see, part of your job, Kevin, is you have to listen to sports radio here in Philadelphia, not only on yeah. one station, but both of the stations, because you, you know, you need to know what's going on. You need to report on it and and all that. I don't listen anymore. Yeah. And I just was telling Jason, it's nothing that I have. I don't have any vendetta against anybody. It's not like I'm trying to make a statement. I just don't need it in my life anymore. Other like, options. What is what is it like? But when, you're done with it, when you're done with something, you want to be done with it. I mean, not everybody's yeah. able to do that, Harry. You know, right. like, I mean, some some people retire and then they just go right back into the same thing they were doing, you know, because they yeah. can't let it go. But what is what is it like? Yeah. How um, is it good? It's all right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's not, the same, isn't it? It's largely the same. You know, I mean, um, WIP is still dominating in the ratings. You know, there really wasn't much of a, a dip when they uh shifted to the new lineup after mm. the super bowl right um i mean the last two books they've just clobbered the fanatic and uh you know that's in men 25 to 54 obviously that's still the demo that's key mm-hmm. i don't have to tell you guys i you know you guys know all this but uh yeah it's largely been like one-way traffic you know um but there hasn't been uh it's interesting because you know like pe- people wonder and kind of like when joe DeCamera and uh john ritchie go to the morning show are they going to kind of do their own thing or is it going to be more of like like is the midday show gonna are they just going to transport the midday show to the morning show that's what it feels like to me hmm. you know because some people are thinking like well do you have to do the goofy like uh you know like uh mandatory shtick. like morning zoo kind of shtick thing and they, they haven't really done that you know hmm. um so i mean there's really no change in the in the ratings so far so that they've got a They've just got their formula, man. I mean, you got a former Philadelphia Eagle on every day part. Right. Hammer the Eagles own that topic and, you know, say what you will about, you know, just beating the, the same stuff over and over again, but it works. And, and uh, you know, you can't, you can never argue playing the hits, right? Let me ask you this, Kev. And Harry, I want you, I want you to weigh in on this too, because why have the ratings, why is the Fanatic so far off? from WIP when we were there at the fanatic Harry, we were right on the heels. Mm-hmm. We beat them in a couple monthlies yeah. in certain day parts and in total, it was competitive we, with, yeah. with prime, right? There yeah. were times where we beat them six, a to seven P in men, twenty five fifty four. But that, that gap right now is a grand Canyon size gap. So mm-hmm. why is that Kev? Is it, is it just because WIP's humming Eagles coming off a year where they went to the Super Bowl, Phillies went to the world series and the new lineup has benefited from that. Is it that the Fanatics content isn't good enough? You know, a lot of people thought when Kincaid came here, oh, you know, Kincaid, 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 he hasn't drawn any ratings. And then obviously, you know, the other shows too, Anthony Solo, I don't think it's the best plan, obviously. And then the new show, the best show ever in the afternoon has not done well, despite having the Sixers, you know, who are, are a big topic of conversation. Why has the Fanatic not only not maintain pace, but lost a ton of ground. And it seems to be stuck with losing a lot of ground. Well, I mean, certainly like, let's not overthink this thing at face value. You look at how good the Eagles have been over the last couple of years and how good the Phillies were last year. And the WIP having the, the radio rights to, to football and, and baseball are massive for mm-hmm. them. You know, I mean, there's, there's no disputing that. And the fact that they embrace it too. I mean, like no, w, nobody does a better job than the WIP of just understanding their brand and marketing that brand and, and saying this is what we are i mean when you look at how they configured their new, their new lineup i mean like i said there's a former philadelphia eagle on every single day part right. so with that comes that instant credibility of like yeah this guy wore the uniform this guy played so there's some legitimacy to what they're saying you know ike has that right um mm-hmm. hugh douglas has that john ritchie has that so they've really just embraced the idea of like fo- football is the biggest sport here we're going to hammer that over and over and over again you know, for the fanatic, three, three different unique personalities too, besides just yeah. being a former Eagle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They you know, I mean, but, they, they, but they've largely, you know, you could say it's formulaic and maybe it is, but it's paired the, like the kind of like, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the host, the a personality, um, typical straightforward sports talker kind of guys with, with Joe and John and, and, and Joe, and then put the, put the Eagle next to them, make them kind of the co-host, like B personality, you know, and it's just something that's worked for them. So it's like, it's, yeah. uh, it, they, they have identified a strategy that works. Right. And I don't, I don't know for the fanatic, there's a lot of different ways you could go. I mean, certainly when Mike left that hurt because he had not only had his show been, 
know, before his before the ratings on Mike's show started to dip. I mean, he was like the flagship, you know, show of the Fanatic for the longest time. I mean, his face, face was on the billboards, right? Yep. Um, you know, so it's not to his take anything alone. away. Yes, yeah, so it's not to take anything away from like Tyrone or Hunter or Ricky or any of those guys. But I mean, when you go from Mikey Miss to to anything, I mean, that was always going to be a hard proposition for them to 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 replace replace uh, you know that talent on that show. I I, I liken it to uh, like Kate Scott coming in and taking over from Mark Zumoff because it wasn't even really it was never even going to be. You can say whatever you want to say about Kate Scott, right? But it was always going to be hard for anybody to replace Mark Zumoff, right? Right, because you're just familiar with that, and that guy's been doing that. Mike had been on that time slot for 10 years, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I think the fanatic kind of is, is, is weaker on football for sure. And I think that hurts them, but also like for some reason, you know, listeners just haven't really latched onto the personalities maybe as much as they have at WIP. So um, interesting to see where here's what I think basically goes. You know? Tell me, tell me if you guys agree with this. I, I think when the fanatic was doing well, it was not trying to be WIP. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. definitely an alternative. It was, way more edgy it wasn't your dad's sports radio but i think they've gone in such a direction that it's become wip and they're trying to compete with the monster doing what they do outdoing what wip does don't do that right that'd be an alternative and well not i i like what kevin has here in at number 28 in his 50 hot takes it's regarding this very subject and says that 97.5 should try to attack a different part of the market, brand themselves as the station that talks about everything. Yeah. Rather than just Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. Yeah, why not? Because yeah. I mean, you're not, WIP is in a position where they're the leader, so they don't have to change anything. You know, right. if it ain't, if it ain't yeah. broke, don't fix it. Whereas 97.5 is coming from the angle of, hey, there's, we got, we got to go, right? We got to figure mm-hmm. something out here. So why not? You know, um, look, it's like, it's like pieces of the pie, right? If the Eagles fan base is this big and it's the largest one, WIP hammers it. But what if the Sixers are like this, the Phillies are like this, and the Flyers are like this? If you take and those the union. Three, three and the union, mm-hmm. which they have in college, college, college athletics, college, you yeah. know, like yeah. you take all those things and you add them up. Is are those three circles combined as big as the Eagles circle? Maybe it is. You know, maybe that's how you brand yourself. Maybe you go the exact opposite way and say, we're going to take Phillies calls. We're going to take Sixers calls. We're going to take Flyers calls. National stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leverage yeah. And, and leverage the hell out of your, your connections with the Sixers and the, and the uh, the Flyers, I mean, the Sixers are probably going to go to, well, I'm not going to jinx it. The Sixers have a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, they should have somebody on there every single day. Yeah. You know, I mean, because WIP is not going to be able to do that. So so the, the advantages that you have, hammer that home. But, yeah, I would I would embrace it, man. I would, mm-hmm. I would ride it a bit. We're going to talk everything. You know, because that's the, the one. The, what are the complaints that you hear the most about radio in this town? Number one, they talk about the Eagles too much. And number two, you hear like the same callers, right? So maybe, yeah. maybe roll the dice and try going in, in the opposite maybe direction. Callers so. too. Just less callers. Call. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting because John doesn't really, John doesn't take callers, you know? Um, yep. So I don't know if that's just a product of like you know, WIP morning show just being this like grandfathered in juggernaut that nobody's ever going to really crack. Um, yeah, or don't if we're trying, that, that's, trying to be it. That's the, yeah. That's the yeah, I give him credit for that. I don't know. The other thing, Jason, too, is people got to like ask the question of, you know, do you need to have ratings to sell? Um, not necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because they could be making money at the Fanatic if, uh, you know, Cuz is good with sponsors, John's good and with here's sponsors. Here's the thing, though. Like, have you seen the stock of these companies, Kev? Oh. Yeah, I mean, when I, I sold my, my RSAs that I got as a, in management at, at WIP, <laughs> when I sold them, they were $39 a share. Yeah. Mm. yeah. They are like 11 cents a share right now. Yeah, don't like, get me started on that. Up, yeah. yeah. You know, paying people. My wife, I mean, you guys know my wife used to work at, at Odyssey and like she she get like the e-trade thing or whatever in the in the mail or whatever. And she didn't want to even want to open it. I think just went like straight into the, the shredder, you know, so it's yeah. like it wasn't worth it wasn't worth anything. And all the stock was yeah, and Odyssey is funky, too, man, because they, they just they're going to try the reverse stock split. They got to cut a bunch of fat over there. Um, you know, they got problems of their own, too. Beasley, on the other hand, I mean, like Preston and Steve is still a juggernaut and like. XTU does well, you know, it's a fanatic that's not performing up to, to what it should be, you know, but Beasley as a whole, there, there are other stations in the market are doing all right. Yeah, but radio mm-hmm. revenue is still down too because people can put targeted dollars in other places. You know, yeah. advertising yeah. on radio is, is throwing a, you know, a fishing line into the ocean. Well, and the pandemic a customer. did some damage yeah. too. Not as many yeah. people are driving into work anymore. Yeah. And you know, the, the sports books, which like really gave a boost to everybody and which is how we make all of our money. Com, yeah. Right. Abroad. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, if they, if they pull spend, you know, or you go to like revenue share instead of like, uh, you know, click through or something like that, that, that hurts the stations too. So we're all, we're yeah. all teetering, man. We're just riding the wave for you know, as long as we can 
do this in any industry, you know. I'll go to I'll go to do my PR job eventually, but I'm just gonna ride ride this out as long as, as long as possible, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um well, we we love getting you on when you do your 50 hot takes. We did it uh, I think probably about a year ago. You had your 50 hot takes for the Philly sports fan. Spring has sprung edition. Harry and I were going through this. We have some ones that we really like. Number one, you know, women need to stop uh, complaining about the toilet seat. Just put the thing down when you walk into the bathroom. It's not a big deal. Now, yeah. I, I agree with that. But, and I have a son that has got the aim when he's pissing mm-hmm. of Ray Charles. Yeah. It's like he sprayed a fire hose on the toilet seat. Well, I mean, that's a little different from talking about a responsible adult for yeah. sure. But, but why is it, why is it, a, this is always a one way street though. Mm-hmm. You know, when's the last time any of the three of us complained to our wives or girlfriends that they didn't put the toilet seat, you know, oh. in, in up, you know, like I've never yeah. said that. So why is it, why is it a one way street? She always gets to complain to me, but I don't complain to her. Or you can sit down to pee. They can uh, sit down. I, do. I mean, you know, just take a load <laughs> off, man. Just sit down. <laughs> But why, why are we the, Franny. <laughs> why are we the ones that have to capitulate you know yeah actually yeah. harry when gender roles are are non-existent now i right. change as many poop diapers as my wife does okay. she's got a dinner in the city tonight i'm drop the girls off i'm gonna pick them up i'm gonna cook dinner for them and then i'm gonna put them down to bed mm-hmm. yep. we don't it all started gender. going to hell in a handbasket when they started having unisex bathrooms back in what the 90s <laughs> Where you go to the club and you know men and women were in the same bathroom. I know, I know. You know? And like when I go to when I go to preschool to pick up my kids, it's all the dads there. All the dads are picking up. Gender right, roles don't exist anymore. That's so what Jason gender... does. Jason spends yeah. his entire day trucking kids around. Oh my so god! So gender roles. Driver. If gender roles don't exist anymore, then the toilet seat is not a gender, you know, Specific preferred one way yeah. street here. Yeah. Well, Harry and I have talked about it. Like, I'm fine with it because my wife out earns me. Well, me too. Harry said in a, in a prior, yeah. prior episode, if my wife wants to go out and get a raise, go ahead. I yeah. support it. Absolutely. You want to make more money? Good. What I, what I really would like, though, is a urinal in my house. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be great to have one of the giant, like, like you know, porcelain, the old school big the urinal floor, that huh? you find in, like, those old hotels, <laughs> you know, with and, and then dump, like, a big bucket of fucking ice in the bottom of it. And, and Wouldn't that you be mean, great? like, the one where, where the drain's at the floor? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like the old one of those in my driveway, Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason just uses the driveway. Anyway. Yeah, it's like all the Philadelphia schools that haven't been updated in like eighty years. You know, yeah, you go, to, you go to the Bach Bar on the rooftop, but then you got to piss in like the nineteen twenty five like uh, bathroom that still has like fencing on the windows and like the yeah. urinal that goes down to the floor. Yes. Yeah. 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 That, that's a good call, Harry. Yeah. Tell oh you. my goodness. That would solve the problem. No toilet seat to put up or down in the urinal, you know? Yeah. So. And you flush that son of a bitch and it just drops the water pressure in your whole yeah. neighborhood. Man. Now, would you put, would you put like the little, the, uh, the cake, you know, the circular thing, like the cake? Yeah. To, to yeah. smell in your house. Yeah. yeah. You probably have to do that. Urinal yeah. cakes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> One of the greatest. Where do you get a urinal cake anyway? Like yeah. Amazon, Amazon? I don't know. Right. <laughs> One of the greatest scenes business? in The Sopranos is when when Paulie Walnuts goes on that thing about the men's bathroom. Yeah, uh-huh. you got to clean the edge of your shoelaces because yeah. a men's bathroom, your average men's shit house. <laughs> he says a woman's bathroom, you could eat maple walnut ice cream off the floor. Maple just, walnut ice cream. Yeah. I'm just gonna go to Amazon real quick to see if they have urinal cakes. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can get them at like Target. You know? Yeah, well, if they don't have it, nobody has. Oh, Costco's they do, gotta yeah. have urinal cakes. You yeah. can get a uh, urinal cake ocean breeze scent, a uh, case of 12 for $14.99. Wow. So wow. they got everything. Now, um, uh, Jason took issue with one of your uh, 50 hot takes here in the top 10. In the yeah, first let me 10. guess. It was the Claude Giroux. Yes, yeah. exactly. Now, was that, I mean, explain that. Explain the methodology there. Well, number one, Aaron Nola is Claude Giroux because nobody can have a realistic discussion about either one of them. You know, mm, it's it's like the, the most like off the plot, like no, nobody can have a, a valid, like just pragmatic discussion about either one of those guys. But we were having this was kind of inspired by Anthony Sanfilippo because he had been pushing the Aaron Nola is an ace thing forever, you know, mm. and um, he had been getting pushback on that. And then the World Series happens and whatever. But my, my thought was that both of these guys were were there, there's no if you're saying there's tier one and tier two, these guys both exist somewhere between that. Mm. I don't know what that is. Is there a tier one A? Is there a tier one B? Because 
has never really performed to that level with consistency. Drew over a decade had the third most points in the NHL. There's the the Drew PR machine. No, I mean, am I wrong here, Harry? Here's here's the thing. This is what I said to Harry, Kev. Yeah, I said, is Aaron Nola going to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, because Drew, I think, will. Well, probably, probably, but uh, Aaron Nola's got a lot of baseball left to play still, so we'll yeah. see. But I no, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I just think that um, my thing with Giroux was like I never, never once did I watch a Flyers game over that period and say, "Can't wait to watch Claude Giroux tonight." Yeah, you no, know? I felt differently what during the Legion of Doom era, and I, I know that's a different comparison because. Who did Giroux have? Giroux's best year. Giroux's best teammate of all time was Yarmir Yager, right? And that lasted for one year, right? So, you know, you look at, but but when I was a kid, me and my dad would sit there every night. I was like, I cannot wait to watch Eric Lindros. Mm -hmm. It was a spectacle, yeah. Cannot wait to watch John LeClaire. And I don't know if that's just more of a, how how much the Legion of Doom popped versus like, you know, was I not excited to watch Jake Voracek, you know? But I, I, I never looked at Giroux the same way I looked at these other guys or anybody else in Philly sports. Like I would tune in to watch Joel Embiid, tune in to watch Allen Iverson, Claude Giroux. I'm like, okay, I mean, the Flyers are playing tonight. It's not like to take anything away from the guy, but if Sidney Crosby and McDavid and Patrick Kane, whoever these other guys were like Ovechkin were like tier one. Like I thought Giroux was like right here. Mm -hmm. Not that he's tier two, but he's like, he's like a one, it's like a one A and a one B thing to me. I just, I never thought he was like at the pinnacle, like people thought he was. Yeah. I mean, Crosby, McDavid, and Ovechkin are all generational players. Yeah. Drew, I I don't even think Drew was a superstar. I think he's just a star. Really solid player. Can I tell you something? We did a story um, on the site where we went back and we tried to find Drew's top 10 teammates that he's ever played with. And this was when he was traded to the Florida Panthers. So we included Panthers players on that list to try to make a point. There were three Florida players who made that list because I thought that he was there um, for two months. Barkov, <laughs> I thought that Barkov, uh, Huberdo, and uh, I guess Thornton was with the, even though Thornton was washed and he was done, like technically, like at the height of his career, he would have been better than any of these guys that Giroux played with. But I just, it just was an exercise in showing how little. Claude yeah. had had around him here in Philadelphia. You know, the fact that we put three Panthers on that list and said, these are some of the best guys that he's ever played with. Yeah. I mean, I guess in Philly, you, you probably had that Gagne, Hartnell, Briere, Briere. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Carter, Carter. I, mean, I think was yeah. on the list, you know, but Yager was number one. Yager was number one. Yeah. yeah. Hartsey. Yeah. Hartsey. <laughs> Is he in line for a Flyers front office job, by the way? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, that was the big news today, huh? So it's Jonesy? Yeah, he, he's Jonesy yeah, got I guess the president of hockey operations. Wow, good yeah. for him. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I didn't mean to derail the. Oh, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. Yeah. Now, I mean, I know Kev, you wanted to, you had some some thoughts on Jonesy being named. Obviously, you know the the front office, you know they fired Chuck Fletcher as the president of hockey operations and general manager. Mm-hmm. Rare comes in the interim tag that is now removed. He's the GM, and Keith Jones. I did not see Jonesy coming a week ago. Uh, it's been a week of surprises. You know, I didn't think the Sixers yeah. were going to do anything in Boston. And, and Went on the road. Yeah, <laughs> won yeah, two I games on the road. Yeah. 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 Keith, Keith, Keith Jones. I, you know, it's funny because, look, let's be honest. Like, you can't it, – it's been the malaise that's been hanging over the franchise for decades. It's that they can't, you know, stop bringing in former players and going with the good old boys network. So well, Chuck like, Fletcher wasn't a former flyer. But. No, no, but I mean that it still persists, you know, and the fact that they're what's the brand like, Vino or John the, new, the new era of orange or something like that. Okay. So the yeah. new era of orange is going to be led by two former flyers. Mm-hmm. Now I just have to say that like Danny Briere and, and Jonesy aren't going to be, be great. Their, they may be damn good at their job, Yeah, but like you, you walk head first into this like optics thing. Like, and that's what it is. It's optics. Yeah. Optics at the end of the day probably don't mean anything, but like you're getting the negative feedback that you're getting because people are like, okay, again, again. It's two former players and it's the, we think it's the good old boys network again. It's just, it's, it's, it's funny to think that like, you know, the big exhaustive search for the head coach last year resulted in John Tortorella. You know, it'd be like having this exhaustive NFL search and then you'd settle on John Gruden. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's when you look at the optics of like, okay, the guy who's going to lead the charge for the flyers now is the color commentator, right? I mean, like, what if the Eagles brought in Mike Quick 
Mm-hmm. You know, to, to change oh. the, and turn the franchise around. Or what if the Sixers went to Allah Abdel Nabi? You know, <laughs> it's not to say that Keith Jones is not, I mean, he's got amazing hockey knowledge. He knows the market, he knows the fan base. Like, he could be very damn good at this job. But again, well, it's just my, question, my first question is, is what is the job? Well, I mean, what is now, the the president like? That's got to be defined. I'm not. They're gonna have yeah. a press conference tomorrow. I don't know what the the job is going to be because you know one of the criticisms, mm-hmm. and I think it's fair, is Danny Bear is a first time GM at mm-hmm. the NHL level, and he doesn't have a president above him who has GM experience to help navigate some of those tricky areas. Like if you hired Doug Wilson, who was the GM in mm-hmm. um, in San Jose for I think 14 years and put together really good teams. You know, that he would have been an asset that Danny could go to and say, hey, you know, I'm in this situation, you know, help navigate through tough things and negotiations and those kind of things, roster building. Um, but but I, I first, I got to figure out what the job is. Now, look, everybody, I, I'm transparent about it. I've known Jonesy for 22 years mm-hmm. and I love him. He's a great guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the king mm-hmm. of fart jokes. But the thing that people I think don't know about him, and this is because of the way he's presented himself on the radio with Ange in the morning show and as a broadcaster, that he's very aloof. He's that he's just kind of like, yeah, I just do my thing. And he people got to understand the level of intellectual intelligence that he actually does have because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he just never presents himself that way. But again, no, no, but like, I mean, on the different, and, I mean, Angelo was a goofball on the morning show for forever. Angelo was brilliant. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, so it's not to like, I don't, I don't want to hear any, but that's the one take I don't want to hear. Okay. Like you're going to hire the guy who was doing fart jokes on morning radio. Well, that's not his job now. Right. Like I went from, I write goofy shit at crossing broad every day, but I work for eyewitness news too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like you're saying, like I do uh, stories about who farted on the Sixers bench, you know, but I can turn around and do hard news about a, a, you know, a car crash or something tomorrow. I mean, we we can all shift into different roles. I mean, it doesn't preclude you from being able to do one thing. But again, it's just the optics of it. Right. You know, it's like, it's, and then you do the jokes. It's like, well, is Coatsy going to be the assistant GM? What's Al Morgan? Oh. You know, right. You know, so it's like, so they can't get, you know, they can't, it, that, that's why you're getting the, the response that you're getting. Cause fans, like there's a large portion of fan base is conditioned to think that they're doing the former player thing again. So that's yeah. all, you know, but it shouldn't also preclude, it shouldn't also be an indictment or a, or a, like a, like a scarlet letter on qualified, on, on former players who are qualified. Because yeah, like, you shouldn't be ruled out. Your can your candidacy shouldn't be ruled out just because you're like the same as, you know, the same status as some of these other guys. Like Danny Briere could be damn good at this job. So if you're gonna like put him on a list of no candidates just because he's a former player, like what like where's the line there? You know what you know what I'm saying? It's like I understand the stigma of this. I understand the optics of it, but but he shouldn't be not included. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, so. I mean, look, he went. I remember I was trying to book him for an interview. And he's like, oh, I can't do two o'clock. I'm going to be in class. I'm like, what do you mean you're going to be in class? He's yeah. like, I'm going to the business school at Wharton. He went back to school. You're talking I mean, about Jonesy? A lot Jonesy? of players won't do that. No, Briere. You know I mean? Oh, Briere. Yeah. You're talking about yeah. Briere. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. a lot of yeah. players won't do that. He he knew that he was short in business, um, you know, acumen and, and yeah. training. So he went back. A lot of players just go, you know, I made millions. I was a player. I don't need to do that. Right. He did yeah. that. But and, you, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you're right, Jason, because I don't. It's, I think we all are jumping the gun a little bit too here, because like, quite frankly, we don't know what the damn job is. I mean, I, it sounds to me like Briere would be the last or would be the final decision kind of you know roster guy. Yeah. Whereas maybe Jonesy's doing more of a macro level kind of like mm-hmm. um, overseer kind of kind of gig, where but he's not necessarily like saying, okay, we're going to draft you know this guy in this position. You know, I mean, we we do have to see the divvying up of responsibilities here. Um, where maybe he's been more of a guidance and kind of like a larger withdrawn role. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll, you know, explain that a little bit, a little bit more. That maybe we'll people do like to realize too the, this that not just the Flyers, but every you know, forty percent of the league right now has pretty much first time GMs that were a former player yeah. <laughs> for their team, yeah. and it happens in all sports. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. former player being moved into management at an organization from that team. Yeah. It's not exclusive to the Flyers. It's very no. Tough. No, and and guys have moved back and forth between. I mean, look. I mean, we we're talking about coming from broadcasting. Doug Collins came back from broadcasting and did a, did a good job for a while. Um, Buck Showalter was at ESPN, then went to the, um, you know, then went to to the Mets. Right, he took a mm-hmm. four year break. I mean, Jonesy has been out of the game for a long time. You know, it's been what I guess twenty years now or something at this point. But Almost. there's this, yeah. But it's not to say that. But there's no. 
like just because we make the jokes about like the color commentator or whatever, like there, there have been plenty of past examples of guys going from broadcasting into front office jobs and doing fine with it. There have been journalists, there have been writers who go into front office gigs Rick and like analytics or stuff like that. Yeah. Talk was working for TNT's so yeah. the Vancouver Canucks. Still is. Yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing. Yeah. That shouldn't be a, a, a thing either necessarily. Yeah. Like we can have our jokes about it and it looks funny, but I mean, maybe he's damn good at the job. I don't know. You know, yeah. I'm pulling for him. I don't, I don't want him to fail. I want him to, I want him to do well, you know, but it's just like, it's like, this is the search. We came to Jonesy. All right. Okay. Well, let's see, man. You know, we're behind all right. That's show. enough hockey. Let's get it back to the Eagles. Yeah. Let's get it back. Yeah. Two football <laughs> teams in Philadelphia. Um, I love the idea. Yeah. I think the market could support it. Jason disagrees. I think there's just too much built up loyalty in the Eagles that, I mean, look, they hate Eagle fans, hate everybody. Yeah. If, if you're a competitor of the Eagles, then you are persona non grata. I don't think the, the market could support another football team. I don't think that we're populated enough to do it. Hmm. And I think it'd be neat because of the obvious rivalry between two teams yeah. from the same town. But what, I guess you would have an AFC team, yeah. you know, the Philadelphia, blah, blah, blahs, whatever. But I, I don't think the city would support it properly. Well, what's to say that they have to be competitors? I mean, it's, it, it, if you're in the same city, you're competing for the same dollars and the same attention and the same mm-hmm. conversation on sports radio. Maybe the Fanatic can become the uh, AFC version of uh, WIP. Yeah. Well, now that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would maybe I'd go be a beat writer for the new uh... – for the new team and then we could have like beat writer wars or something you know like <laughs> fantastic you know, go head to head with mclean or something right but yeah. uh, no i just think that i think that the that is absolutely enough uh there's so much fervor for the eagles in this town you can very easily support that but right that's a good point i don't know what the breakdown would be of who's sticking with the eagles who's abandoning the eagles and nobody's the abandoning the eagles or now. who's watching or who's watching both of them you know what i'm saying i, well, I don't know but i just think it's like if Chicago can have two baseball teams and LA can have two football teams and we're not that far off, we're the fifth right. biggest or the sixth biggest city. Why can't we have two teams? So Philadelphia is the, one of the best sports cities in the country, in the world. Why yeah. can't we have two teams? In a sport? I think it would only work in football in this town. Well, sure. I don't know sure. if you could have two, ba- they, they used yep. to have two baseball teams way yeah. back in the day. Yeah, two two hockey teams. Pissed, pissed off Eagle fans though, that are looking to, to find a new team. You know what I mean? Like things are great. They just, I mean, even I'm tipping the cap to Howie Roseman for Christ's yeah. sake. <laughs> I, I mean, I would, I would, I would put, I would put, uh, I would wear a. Why couldn't you root for both? I would, I would root for both. Yeah, I think it's a flawed premise, though, to think that like you have to like abandon either abandon right. your Eagles fandom or whatever. Like, there's enough to support two football teams. Yeah, right. let's go. You're five for yeah. five. Yeah, yeah, you could be five for five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. You got the Eagles, you got the Philadelphia Commandants. <laughs> no way. It would never uh, and the other, the other big thing that I, I wanted to discuss is this whole arena kerfluffle uh, with the Sixers mm-hmm. potentially moving to Center City or you know Chinatown area, what Tenth and Market China? or something like that. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it would be great to have a downtown arena. I could take the train right from down my street and drop me off right below the damn thing, like Madison yeah. Square Garden, go to the game and be home, you know, a half hour later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got a million thoughts on this. I could go a million different ways. Number one, I think it's I think it's very Philadelphian, first of all, for people to just knee jerk react and say, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, we can't have that. here. And they give you a million reasons why you can't do something. Right. Yeah, but the big but reason is because it's never been that way, so it can never be that right. way. That's right. the way we and are. I hear that more than anything, Jason. And it's a legit yeah. argument that the Sixers are going to have to defeat. Nothing is wrong with the sports complex. You know how many times I hear that? Nothing's wrong with the sports complex. Okay, well, that's true. Still but people got to understand that like, the Sixers are the only team that play down there that are not the main tenant in their building. Right. Okay? They're, a, they're, a, they're a renter. Right. And they don't want to rent from Comcast anymore. They want to have their own place. I mean, yeah. when you guys were when you guys were renting apartments back in the day before you bought your own place and you got your first mortgage. I mean, remember how amazing that felt? Yeah. Um, and your landlord kept telling you, like, there's nothing wrong with this place. Just keep living here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, no, there may not be anything wrong with that place, but I just want my own place. Yeah. So that's where the Sixers are coming from. And I don't I don't mean to. it may come come out as though we're like apologists for the Sixers. We're like pro arena or something we're really not i just think that there's been so much ridiculous discussion about the arena stuff that's not legitimate 
stuff that's not like rooted in real, um, you know, in any kind of legitimacy at all, you know? Yeah. Um, you can have concerns about SEPTA. You can have concerns about like violence down there. I mean, but there are plenty yeah. of other places, Harry, where they have downtown stadiums that work great. And, and, you know, the transportation is fine. They've got places for fans to congregate. There are le many legitimate reasons to be against the arena. There are many legitimate reasons before it, but it's just become such a highly politicized thing. It got him for the mayor's race is now like pivoting on this like topic. And it's become a Chinatown thing, a labor thing, a like all the, all this kind of stuff. But my, I just keep coming back to the thought of like, let's at least like see what the plans are going to look like, see if this is realistic and maybe try to embrace something new. And if it's, mm -hmm. if we can do it, we can do it. And if, if not, you know, whatever, but if the worst case scenario is that Comcast lever does enough leverage here to keep them in South Philly and they do more in the sports complex, you know, um, cause they're trying, they're trying to work the Phillies in, they're trying to work the Eagles into it and like, you know, maybe build up a little bit more down there. They've talked about giving the Sixers part ownership in the Wells Fargo center. So hmm. you hope that in the give and take of all of it, you get an improvement somewhere. Right. The, the big crime in the city is the fact that the waterfront's not developed properly and there's no kind of arena or stadium down there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think people too are just so conditioned to, to like, you drive down to South Philly and you park. Yep. You go watch a game, you get yeah. back in your car, and then you go home. And you um, jump on 95 or 76, yeah. and you're good. Yeah, and I, that's fine. Look, I mean, like, I, I have – my daughters are four and two, right? So when the Sixers – if the Sixers do open this arena in 2031, I guess, they're going to be uh, 12 and 10, right? Do I want to go down to Lansdale and, like, get on the platform with my two daughters and go down? I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what Sept is going to look like then. I don't know what yeah. violence is going to look like. In this. I don't know if Krasner is going to be there. I don't know if Helen Gim is going to be the mayor. I don't know any of that stuff. So I think people are jumping the gun on a lot of that stuff. And you just got to say, like, what is this going to look like? Let's let's not do the Philadelphia thing where we just automatically talk about why we can't do something. Mm -hmm. yeah. Think about yeah. what it may look like to actually do something and think about it, you know? That's my only. That's my only thing with all that. We I don't like embracing new ideas around no, here. No, no, no. It's funny because we got Shapiro on. We got the governor on Crossing Broadcast last week, and he kind of suggested the same thing. He's just like, let's take the noise out of the discussion. Like, let's take some of the heat out of the discussion. The city's the city's doing the study on it right now mm. to see if this is viable or not. But like, like a feasibility China, study, like the Chinatown thing, for instance. Like, all due respect, the Chinatown, of course, building a stadium like right on their border, it will have some kind of impact on them. Obviously, it will. Nobody's denying that. But you read all this shit in the media where it's like, no arena in Chinatown. No arena. It's going to destroy Chinatown. The arena is not going to be in Chinatown. Physically, no. it's like techni it's technically it's south of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so I think you got to take the hyperbolic language out of it and just like, let's let's just like have like a little bit of pragmatism when we talk about it. You know? yeah. It's just a, yeah. Yeah. the tailgating. Asking all over yeah. this thing. It's just yeah. a, Okay. So by the, by the way, real quick. The tailgating. <laughs> yes, it's a joke. Like, this is, this is what a, I'm saying. No, it's not a joke, Harry. It's a it's joke. It's a joke. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. You, there are legitimate reasons to be opposed to there. That's not a legitimate like reason. What, what, what does anybody know about the Sixers tailgating experience? It yeah. happens maybe like six or seven games per year. Right. Yeah. And it's only when they go to the playoffs. Now I know exactly what he's going to do. This is what he's going to do. The six, say the Sixers get in the Eastern Conference Finals. Game mm -hmm. one. It's going to be a beautiful day out. There's going to be a ton of people tailgating there. Eskimos right. going to go take a picture. It'll be 65 degrees. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. They. How many Eastern Conference Finals have they been to in the last 20 years? They've been to two. Mm -hmm. So okay, we're going to lose out on that experience. It happens once every 20 years. Right. Uh, how about Earth, how about a Monday night in January when it's like 12 degrees out? Yeah, yeah. so we, yes, we've yeah. I'm bringing my grill and my RV the, uh, down to the down to the Orlando gallon drum, Harry. Right, right. Yeah. acapella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. They're legitimate. Now, if you want to talk about concerts, okay, like if the Sixers Arena gets built and they start fighting Comcast and the Wells Fargo saying to host these concerts, yes, you can tailgate uh, the Taylor Swift. Right, you know, at the Wells Fargo, so you're not going to be able to tailgate her at the Sixers Arena. So that's that's There's another bars that's, that's, around there too. You can go to right. bars, Reading yeah. Terminal Markets, right. there, yeah. these restaurants. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, prefer I being in an establishment to sitting in a parking lot anyway. That's just I me. Agree. Well, yeah, I mean, because yeah. there's nothing. What are your options there? Your options are to sit in your it's sit in your car or like you know bring a cooler down and and be in the parking lot and go to Xfinity Live or you can go into the game. That's mm -hmm. it. There's there's three choices you have. Right. Yeah, in the you parking know? lot, you're out there drinking. You got to piss in a porta potty. Ah. You yeah. know. Which is you disgusting. just pee right in the parking lot. You don't yeah, even open the car door. door. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, when, when Knicks fans go to Madison Square Garden for a game, like, do they, do you hear lamentations from them that they can't tailgate? No. No. I mean, like, they fill up the bars around MSG. So, yeah. I mean, but again, it's the same it, thing in Boston. Harry, 
Harry's right though. It's like you got to like shift. You have to like it's got to be a whole philosophical shift here because we've yeah. only known one way to go to games and experience games. It's like it's such a foreign concept to us that maybe you get on public transit and maybe you've just walk to the game and there's a bar that you go to. You What's know? that road outside Fenway where they got all the bars? Like, oh, yeah, Yawkey, Yawkey Way. Way. Yeah, they yeah. got that yeah. where TD Garden is. It's in the middle. You know, there's bars all around it. Yeah, do you shut and, down a half a street and, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, it's not yep. that hard. Yeah. yeah, it's not difficult. This isn't this isn't this isn't complicated, genius. It's just crazy. It's just I mean, a, you guys, you guys would be amazed at all of the wrangling that's going on behind oh. the scenes, all the politicking that's oh, going man. on at the Sixers oh, Arena. Man. I get more text messages on that than, than anything else because wow. they're in a critical phase right now. They're trying to get the legislation approved for it. You know, yeah, right. not easy, man. Yep. Well, Kev, we're gonna wrap it up there. I got to do a live stream at yeah. noon for uh, yeah, good Flyer, the Flyers with uh, all yeah. the breaking news. So I'm gonna wrap it up. Um, we're are you going to put orange on? on? Are you going to change clothes for that? No, no, no. No? I, okay. I, I'm just, I, I present one way. Okay. Like a shamad. Yeah. <laughs> That's Mikey. You're a shamad. <laughs> Do what he would call uh, But, uh, Kev, where can people get all your stuff and, and all the different podcasts, live streams, and written content? Yeah. Yeah, crossingbroad.com, Kevin underscore Kincaid on Twitter. We're doing the Always Soccer in Philadelphia podcast as well. Kind of lukewarm on the union after a couple choke jobs, but uh, – you know, we uh, we are five for five. Appreciate you guys having me on. I'm glad people like the the hot takes column because uh, I love it. Yeah, you know, I hadn't I hadn't done one in a while, quite frankly, because I ran out of ideas. Like when you, I, I did like 400 hot takes over the last couple of years, I'm like I just don't have any left. So it's good. Maybe to, the next one, me and Harry with the Odd G's podcast will contribute 50. I can, yeah, I can't we, come up with 50. We, no, could, we did a guest together. We'll come up with 50. Harry. Oh, okay. no, we'll do we 20. Did, we did a guest We're edition work on time. Already. We did a guest edition one time where I just outsourced and I just like DM'd 50 different people and they all contributed. So yeah, maybe, the, maybe the yeah. next one, maybe the yeah. next one, we just go to like uh chat GPT and like have them give me 50, 50 of them. And uh, we'll have artificial intelligence. Let, let an AI do your work. AI, yeah. <laughs> Great. I thought an AI was going to be named the next uh, president of hockey operations. Huh? Well, <laughs> there's still time for him to replace uh, Daryl Morey at uh, the Sixers. With the Sixers. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, great fellas. stuff, Kev. Thanks, right, well, thanks, pleasure. brother. I right, appreciate it. The great um, Kevin Kincaid, Kevin Kincaid, one of my favorite people. Yeah, he's great to have on. He just yeah. he does a good job. He's a good dude, and he's a good drummer too. You get the uh, he, he is. He puts those videos. Watch up. those videos, man. He's mm -hmm. like Neil Peart. Yeah, he's got the is electronic it drum or Peart. Is it Peart. Peart or Pert? I always it's said Pert. Pert. I always right. did too, but then yeah. I was told somebody that some real Rush honk told me that it was Peart. Yeah, I've heard that as people say it that way as well. Maybe like, you know, the drummer community. Yeah. It, it says it a certain way because, you know, they got to be different. Right. Um, yeah. But, but you, uh, know you, what, know. you know what is different is What's the that? original Fudge Kitchen. Oh, uh, the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and, of course, the Aji's podcast, the original Fudge Kitchen, a staple of the Jersey Shore, and it's almost Jersey Shore season uh, Memorial Day weekend coming up real fast. We got Mother's Day weekend this weekend, so you can go go get your mom some fudge. They got six locations, Cape May, Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City, New Jersey. The original Fudge Kitchen, they make all of their fudge and sweet treats right in the store, and that's going to guarantee a delicious product. So stop by and let them know that N4L sent you. And if you're not able to visit in person, it's not a problem. Go to their website, fudgekitchens.com. They ship it across the USA. The original Fudge Kitchen shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. Beautiful. Great yes. time for that. Um, last thing, Harry, we're going to wrap yeah. up here. Um, you know, we got news this morning that uh, the first episode we ever did of the IG's podcast, episode one way back, I'm not even sure when it was, mm -hmm. but we featured uh, one of our favorites. Yeah. Um, John DeBella was our guest and JDB. Yeah. He put out an open letter today announcing his retirement. He has uh, broadcasted uh, on the radio for 48 years, 41 in Philadelphia, 21 Amazing. at MGK. He announced today that uh, he's going to retire at the end of his contract on June 30th. Day after time. my birthday. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. He said his contract actually ended in December, but they agreed uh, it would be best for the station if he stayed on six more months. So I'll have some more time together. But uh, John DeBella. Wow. Calling it a career. I love JDB. Me too. I really do. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, grew up in the, you know, in the eighties listening to the morning zoo stuff that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that he was doing and it was, it was, it was very different 
back. I mean, that was that was that was the hottest show. And then, you know, Stern came in and you had those battles. You talk about radio wars. Oh, that man. was real radio mm-hmm. wars. I was going to college at, in Temple during a during a lot of that time. And man, it was it got really nasty. Yeah. Uh, but I, lo- I was I always thought JDB was a class act and uh, continues to be. And I'm going to miss him. And you and I would have a lot of fun with him uh, listening on our way in to come in and do the show at, at the Fanatic. Yeah. And I mean, the way he just ends the show every day, you know what you're going to get and you look forward to it. At least that we did. We did every day. I mean, yes. when you broke your ankle, I was picking you up for a good it was probably a good 10 it was weeks. like three months two, yeah. two three months yeah yeah so the timing of our i would usually pick you up about 8 45 mm-hmm. and about 15 minutes on our drive when we're on the back roads taking 23 because the schuylkill was a shit show right we get it every day at nine yep. o'clock when you're rolling JDB through gladwin out. listening yeah. to jdb finish the show yep with the bright side <laughs> and it was amazing that he just he always did it Yep. He never stopped doing it. Right. So we'll wrap up episode 60 in honor of some things in life are bad. Pythons. They can really make you bad. Classic song. Big I'm string thing, Harry. <laughs> Love it. When you're chewing on life's gristle. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the song. We'll talk whistle. to you next time on the OG's podcast. And this will help things turn out for the best. Always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps be silly chumps just purse your lips and whistle that's the thing ain't always look on the bright side of life come on always look on the bright side of life for life is quite absurd and death's the final word you must always face the curse